0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Allo. This is the Fredco Redneck Football League, and we are entering week eight. This week, I have two special guests, Zach and Tim, joining me today. How are y'all doing? Great. Good. How are you? Good, good. Good. So to kick off this episode, I don't know much about it, but you two do. What is up with this cheating piece? <laughs> So what? I think, yeah, I think Tim
1: discovered it, so I'll let you... Uh. Uh, no, I was just, you know, trolling around, looking for
2: trades, looking for, uh, you know, obviously I was trying to go after Peter, because unfortunately he's in the last place. Um, and uh, just tell he was using up two IR spots, and he already had done it once, so figured I'd uh, ask him about it in the group. Eric loved it, obviously, so... Yeah,
1: and of course, like you said, like, sent that gift and it's like Zach waking up to deal with all of our fuckery and, like... I looked at him like that's a hundred percent accurate. <laughs> but yeah, I know like what Peter said, like he just had whoever it was, I think it was Jeff Wilson, maybe, in his other IR and then took him back out. So like if he like picked someone up like using that bonus IR spot, then obviously like we would throw him back into waivers and I don't know, maybe do something else, but it wasn't a big deal. Can't take think. his fab. No, can't take his because he's out, but
0: yeah. I'll also, stand. Ryan,
2: what does Aloe stand for?
1: Short for allopatia.
2: Gotcha. His I'm ball, ball was...
0: talk was taken and I was <laughs> highly pissed because I'm bald. And...
2: I meant to ask him like three weeks ago what ALO stood for and I kept forgetting.
0: <laughs> now I know. Yep, and I got kind of confused when you all were saying like, oh, he has two IR spots. I'm like, well, fuck, I, I have two people in my IR spots. But they're actually hurting <laughs> on IR. Yeah, no one remembers the rules. I don't follow the rules. I don't read the rules.
2: This is why we can't have nice things.
0: Nope. All right. For this episode, we're also going into some of the waiver moves that are happening this week. I know I just dropped Arizona's defense for Tennessee because they're on bye. And we see Eric has dropped Odell Beckham because he's out for a year picking up Aguilar, which I don't like that. Aguilar's all right he's been having an okay season and I see Tim down there dropping a defense for Tua Tagovailoa what do you think he's going to pop off here soon
2: I hope so I mean the guy runs so I mean if he has a a running baseline and can throw the ball halfway decent I mean the offense looks like it already supports a decent quarterback because I mean Fitz was slinging the ball so yeah we'll see I mean Matt Ryan's been iffy all year so I figured I'd just throw him on the bench See how it goes. But, uh, yeah, I see Eric's pretty active this week. He's got three, uh, three ad
0: drops. Zach, you doing anything over there? I and anybody? Um,
1: I picked up Joey Sly just because I had Zane Gonzalez on by, and I've we've discovered this, like, thing. Like, within the app, if you go, like, into the messages thing in the top right corner and then go to our league, you can see all the transactions. And then, like, on the webpage itself – like at the bottom, like where it says recent transactions, you can see fab offers. So like we've recently discovered this. I'm I'm just looking through a few of them. Now it looks like I beat Todd by $3 to get Joey Sly. He put a $0 bid on him. Um folks like Struss edged out Todd as well by $7 for Jamichael Hasty. Uh, yeah that was a then, lower
2: bid than I thought yeah 22 I thought he was actually new for a little bit more than that
1: what I actually really like about this is I'm looking at Struss's move he dropped Cam Akers to pick up Carlos Hyde for $52 no one else put a claim in for him so, Yikes! like Struss could have put a $0 bid in and save $52 to get Carlos Hyde and like, like CJ put $35 in for the Colts defense and no one else put anything in
0: it's pretty ballsy
1: for a defense. I yeah, guess.
2: that is actually aggressive. I mean, and Indy has been legit; like their their defense has been pretty great. But uh, that's that's a pretty big spend uh, for a defense. But yeah, fifty two on Carly. is Hyde even going to play this week? I, I don't know. So that would be no clue. Something if he dropped fifty two dollars <laughs> for nothing on a guy that's not going to play this week, and Chris Carson's going to be back in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> but. I guess, you know, you got to make, got to make your moves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I see Todd scooped, uh, Bridgewater, which is a, a good pickup this week
1: mm-hmm.
2: against the Falcons. Guy against Atlanta, yeah. Surprised he dropped Pollard, though. He, uh, he dropped Pollard for Bridgewater. Hopefully it's in the week that, uh, Zeke blows his hamstring out.
0: Yep. And, uh, now going to our favorite segment, talking about the probation boy. And I know we had a little trouble last week with him with the podcast. And of course it's Eric
1: that jumps on this podcast. And the first one he's on has to have changes made to it. Yeah, the
2: shock level there is, is zero. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be one take and that's it. But I was like, oh, better figure out a way to edit this podcast so it can stay on there. I thought I was just going to have to delete it. Well, now you know you can edit a podcast. So something good came out of it. Yeah, I I live and learn by (laughs) mistakes that are happening. So Eric might not be back on. We shall see.
2: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, he's probation and now he's podcast probation. So he's (laughs) double secret probation. (laughs)
0: Yeah, who who said that uh, the probation boy shouldn't have been allowed to? Uh, I think that was me.
2: I think that
0: was me. That was kind of funny. All right. So. Is he still in good standings? I would say so. I mean, I yeah. don't think there's been any. He's been
2: fine. He's been chirping me a lot, but uh, other than that, <laughs> he's been fine.
0: I hope uh, next year, since he's not on probation, he doesn't do his douchebaggery shenanigans.
2: I think it's. I think it's quieting him a little bit that his team has not been playing yeah. that well. I think Ooh. if he was like five and two we'd be hearing a lot more
1: from him. less of a hill to stand on right yeah
2: now. yeah so i think if his team stays in like seventh eighth place then he'll be a little bit quieter
0: yeah now talking with the standings here are the updated rankings it goes number one Bushlight matters which is josh he's at seven and oh then you got omdahl's hairline which is cj coming at second at five and two and coming in third, which I'm not happy about, is David Johnson's eggplant mm. at four and three, and then me at fourth at four and three as well. And you got Struss down there in fifth place at three and four, which there's a few three and four teams. And coming in sixth, Cataline Y Mixing, which is Zach at three and four, Eric at seventh at three and four, Todd at eighth at three and four. Yeah, you got JT's Mick Cafe at two and five, and ye old Peter down there in last place at one and six. Where do y'all think these standings are going to end up by mm. the time the season's end? Who's going to be the cave well, race uh, leader?
2: I mean, jo- Josh's team is is seven and zero, and I mean, his team looks good. He's got pretty good depth. Like I, I think you know he's safe, obviously, to to make playoffs and then be good in playoffs. Um everyone else's team is like you know uh Shankill obviously is obviously above the rest a little bit but everyone else is like four and three three and four i mean that could go any direction mm-hmm. so really the rest of the league minus like peter and josh i feel like is kind of up for grabs really
1: and i do feel a little bit bad for peter just looking at the standings he's He's outscored. He, he has the a fuck one, ton two, of points three, against him. He's outscored the four teams that are placed in front of him, but is still just sitting on one win. He
2: has nine hundred and forty two points against him, which is a lot. That is what's the next highest? Uh eight fifty-seven. Yeah, so yeah. Almost a hundred points more. So yeah, he is He's been going up against teams on their best day. Well, it looks like
0: Josh has been only playing teams at their their lowest because he's only gave up 679. Must be
2: nice. I uh, I had a decent amount of points against until last week, and Todd put up, like, 17 points collectively. (laughs) So that took my points against down a good bit.
0: It seems like my games are all close because I have points for... 830 points against is 833. you had some close ones. Oh, no. I do feel bad for JT last week. I had two people with a total of 0. .9 points. And the only reason I won is because Tyler Lockett had a 45-some point game, which was fucking sweet.
2: Yeah, Lockett is kind of taking the like boomer bust to a new level this year because mm-hmm. it's like six points or he legitimately wins you the week.
0: Yeah, second time getting over thirty points. Yeah, I mean you
2: gotta love having that kind of juice in the lineup. He
0: had he had twenty targets last week. It's a lot. Fifteen catches. I think it was like two hundred yards and three touchdowns. They still lost. lost.
2: Yeah, freaking Russell Wilson actually threw some interceptions. Looked uh, looked mortal. (laughs)
0: Looked (laughs) mortal for a minute. Uh, I actually hope that. Eric loses. I went I went Peter and JT and Who's he play this week? He plays Amdahl's hairline. Ooh, so yeah. CJ.
2: Amdahl versus his own hairline. <laughs> <laughs> this story is old as time.
0: Uh he wasn't happy about that. He's like, oh CJ took that name from someone that I said unoriginal. I,
2: it also looks like uh Shankle has just completely gone all in on hair. For his team, I was gonna cause... say I
1: just saw the new <laughs> team like, logo. Yeah, t-
2: team name is Amdahl's hairline, and then the new team picture looks like it is a permed Josh mullet. <laughs> so, no, all hair all the time. Did he cycle.
0: ask the wife if he could do that first? I'm sure not. I
2: would imagine
0: no. Maybe didn't he get in trouble last time he did something like this?
2: I mean, she does have to be
0: in public with him. <laughs> God help Meg. Okay, <laughs> hey, yeah. That oh. was
2: the speech I got when I did the uh, mustache for the bachelor party. <laughs> it was like,
0: mustache, bachelor party, fine. When it's home, <laughs> it's got to go. <laughs> um. Alright, so now we'll be getting into the matchups. The first matchup we'll be looking at is Illegal Pat Downs versus Cataline Wine Mixon, which is my team versus Zach's team. And Yahoo has a 58% me at 116.41 to Zach's 107.20. And going at the quarterbacks right here, I have Mahomes going against Zach's Herbert. And last time I did this, Mahomes put up 12 points last week and definitely lost that matchup. And I'm a huge fan of Herbert, and he's going against a not terrible defense in Denver, but doesn't have Vaughn Miller, who has that edge threat. Mm -hmm. So I'm liking Herbert, because Herbert's putting up points.
1: He is. He's hot, and I think with Mahomes, as good as he is and as shitty as the Jets are... Mm -hmm. The Jets might just be bad enough to where he's not going to have to throw a lot. So, that could be, like, a knock against Mahomes in this particular matchup. And, and you know, It could end
2: up, like, last week. Yeah, what 12 was it? points. Uh, and the, the Chiefs defense mm-hmm. went berserk. <clears throat> Had, like, I think two, two touchdowns they scored. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same kind of thing.
0: I'm thinking about putting in Tom Brady this week. But he's going up against the fucking Giants, so... Could be the same kind of thing. Could, could be could the be same a, thing. Yep,
2: a similar thing.
0: So I'm going Herbert here just because of the matchup. And Herbert's my running for rookie of the year over Burrow because mm-hmm. he's just... Yeah, like Herbert
2: has looked incredible. I mean, like Burrow obviously has looked good, but yeah, I mean, Herbert has looked, I mean, just great, great in the pocket. And there's, I mean, he really doesn't have any weapons around him. He's got Keenan now, and like that is a great weapon. But <clears throat> right. other than that, he's throwing to these dudes who like i don't even know their name no until they it was catch like two ball. touchdowns
1: last week where it popped up i'm like i don't even know who that guy is
2: yeah so and, and no run game at all mm-hmm. i mean they're yeah, Eckler's Eckler's
0: out. still out maybe
2: yeah and, and i mean kelly and jackson have shown i don't know they're above average maybe at best yeah, not like amazing so no nah, he's he's looked really good plus he runs the ball like, he's been running the ball. I think part of his points last week was he scored at least one rushing touchdown.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. he had, like, 40, 60 yards rushing. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, that there, if he can do <laughs> if he can do that, I mean, shit, that's going to give you an extra five points every.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, nah, I like Herbert.
0: Yep, Herbert. Now, go down to the wide receivers. Got Doge up there playing with squeaky toys wide receivers. Zach has Julio Jones and DJ Moore, and I have Tyler Lockett and Fulgham, which, if Tyler Lockett has a game like he did last week, that would really help me out, but he's done that twice. Twice he's been over 30-some points, and I don't know which... Julio Jones is going to show up for you if he's the one from last week. Does any he have a good game last week, like 100 he did. yards he had, a
1: tutty? No, he didn't score, but I think he had like 98 yards or something like that.
0: So, DJ Morse, just like Fulgham, well, Fulgham's just now rising up. He's been getting double-digit targets the past three weeks, and Moore had a good game last week, so who knows which one of those is going to show up.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping for a shootout in this game tomorrow night for obvious reasons.
2: Oh, yeah. I just realized you have both wide receivers in that game. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's trash. So, I mean, DJ Moore, he's been hot. I mean, he should just continue to be good. And Julio, if he is healthy, will be good. Uh, Fulgham actually could have a huge week. We were talking about that earlier. Mm -hmm. Dallas is probably the worst defense in the league, so... Mm -hmm. And actually, Wentz and the Eagles have looked competitive lately. Yeah. I mean, not good, but competitive. Offense has looked competent. Um, yeah, I think I like Josh's – or uh, Zach's wide receivers.
0: That's pretty close, though, I think. It is close. And Matt, yeah. Just looking at the projections itself is close.
1: Uh, Lockett,
2: I think it's really going to come down to what Lockett does because he's kind of been like – Six points, or he has a week like last week. So I mean, mm-hmm. if he has another huge week, then the edge goes to Ryan. But yeah, I think that's what it really comes down to.
0: I think this is going to be the first time I pick my wide receivers over anybody else's because I like. I'm actually starting to become a huge fan of Folgum. Oh, I he's do like Lockett.
2: Mm-hmm. Great matchup, and Fogum has like a like his physique has like a. He looks like a number one like X yeah. receiver. He's mm-hmm. a big, tall, yeah, lanky. Sweet. Yeah,
0: so no, he's he looked good. Now, going down to the running backs, which, oh, my gosh, this just looks terrible for both sides. On my side, I have Hilaire and, at the moment, Devontae Freeman. And on your side, you have Giovanni Bernard and my one running back, which, which I wish I had back, Jonathan Taylor. So... But I like the matchup on my side. Giovanni Bernard's going up against Tennessee, which is actually pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor going up against Detroit, which is an average team. Hilarious going up against the Jets, which I feel like he's going to eat over there. And if Freeman does play, going up against Tampa Bay, which is terrible because Tampa Bay is yeah, that's like the leading matchup. team, leading defense in allowing the least amount of rushing yards per game.
2: Now, Zach, is Joe Mixon going to
1: play?
0: I don't know. Um, I just saw something that he was out
1: of practice today. Um, If I had to guess, I'd probably say no, which even if he doesn't, I'm okay with uh, Gio going in there. he had a good
2: good week last week.
1: Yeah. So I'm fine with that either way, but Ryan having – Clyde there against the Jets, I think that's where any like deficiencies from Mahomes can be made up with Clyde. Again, just how bad the Jets are and how much they're gonna end up running in theory. I think that could be a big boon for their uh for him there. Um but yeah, Freeman and going against Tampa, that's
0: that's yeah. yeah I wouldn't want that. I mean I I really have no one else waivers the atrocious. <laughs> I have Malcolm Brown and Rex Burkhead as my backup running back. So not not too good, which I would love to get rid of one of my tight ends for maybe a semi decent running back it would be nice.
2: Yeah, actually I just realized Zach, when you talked about that, this first time all year, I realized that you have, uh, Mahomes and Alaire, so you have like, quarterback and running back on the same team, but I mean, haven't really been too bad for you so far. I mean, they're both putting up decent points. No,
0: they're doing all right. So that might be a strategy I do in next year's draft, depending on which running backs I pick, getting them, and then going for their quarterback because either way one of them should have an alright game mm-hmm. so man I I'll probably lean more towards your side on running backs <clears throat> yeah I
2: lean, I lean Zach here for sure uh, Alaire should have a good game but man Freeman he's hurt and going against Tampa Bay so mm-hmm. that is that's tough
0: yeah, it doesn't matter who I put in there.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, give Zach running backs the edge here. Also, Taylor has a, a pretty solid matchup against Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gurley just had a decent day against them. I mean, the one touchdown was a bonus <clears throat> touchdown, but still an all right all right game in the ground.
0: Yeah, now going down to the tight ends, I have George Kittle going up against Rob Gronkowski, which I am surprised you were starting him because really he's. I mean, the past two weeks have been all right. He's been over 50 yards receiving and okay. had a touchdown in each one of those games. But the games before that, struggling to put up points. Right. But
1: with Gronk in particular, after Earth's got hurt and I was looking for a tight end. Now, it's not a question. Like, it's not a question. You're taking Kittle or Andrews, however you want to spin it, over Gronk. It, I mean, that's it's no conversation. But Gronk, since... He's been those fine. first three weeks has been getting I think he's averaging eight targets a game. Brady's going to him in the red zone and I mean even just having fifty yards and four catches as a tight end, that's a startable tight end. Yeah. So I'm I'm good rolling with him even going forward, as long as he keeps going, even if if and when Antonio Brown gets on the field, I I think Gronk's gonna be fine. Yeah, I
2: think Gronk was actually a good good pickup. I mean, he's been fine the past couple of weeks. I think you know Brady's getting more comfortable with the offense. Gronk is getting into like football shape, you know, mm-hmm. as they call it. Um, yeah, he's looked fine. And the thing is, Tampa Bay has so many playmakers, even before uh, Antonio Brown, that it's not like they can just focus in on Gronk. Like right. he's all—I would imagine he's always going to have a decent matchup, like uh, like going against a linebacker. Or uh, yeah, whatever. like yeah. you know, they're always going to have some sort of plus matchup for Gronk. So no, he's he's been pretty good. I mean. Uh, Obviously we all agree like we're gonna take Kittle, but um but Gronk, I mean he's been fine. And it's a good good matchup against the
1: Giants. Yep.
0: Yep. Now going down to the flex position, Zach has Cooper Cup to my Mark Andrews, which looking cup had only what is it, two two some games over. 10 points. Andrew has three games over 10 points, one at 20. So, and I feel like they're both pretty much touchdown dependent. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's going to be a a big X factor in our matchup is how the two of them do. Because, like you said, save for I think the Philly game where Andrew's got a decent amount of targets and actually had, what was it, like 60, 80 receiving yards and a touchdown. Other than that, it's either he's scoring two touchdowns or really doing nothing. And Cup's kind of the same way. He's either scoring a touchdown where he's only getting forty or fifty yards. That's not great for a wide receiver, especially in that offense now as run heavy as it is for the Rams. I mean, that's I think that matchup in itself could probably decide who's gonna win for our overall matchup.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a close one. And I mean you're right, Andrews has been not boom or bust, but it has been really, really touchdown-dependent. The matchup against Pittsburgh is not ideal, and I don't know. Usually I feel like those games are like 13-10. to 10. Like, they're going to be – and both teams have good defenses this year, so it could be one of those kind of games. Um, and, and Cups – I don't know. He's been kind of a coin flip here lately. But I think – I don't know. I think I'd take Andrews. He's still kind of the number one target on the on the offense – and if it does turn into a situation where Pittsburgh goes up, then the Ravens are going to have to throw the ball and try to get back into it. So I think I take Andrews, but yeah, they both are, you know, kind of fifty fifty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I go Andrews too, just because he's going. They're going against Pittsburgh, and I don't know how well the Ravens' running attack is going to work against them because that front seven or eight, depending on how many they put in the box, is just. Yeah, they're fierce. Scary. So they might be throwing a little bit more this game. And Cooper Cup, I loved him last year. He helped me out a lot. But this year he is doing a lot more of a touchdown dependent. But he is going up against Miami with the new quarterback. So who knows how much points that offense is going to put up. So he may not be as productive if, they're, if they get up big. Mm-hmm. Might be more of that Russian attack.
1: Yeah, I don't love it. The only reason I have him in is because I have Fuller on a bye, Gibson on a bye. So, I mean, at full capacity, he'd be on the bench. But, I mean, I don't hate having to play him, but I don't necessarily love it either.
0: Yep. All said and done, kickers and defense is a toss-up. I would not be surprised if you won this week. This is the first time I'm going against myself because I – and not feeling my team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's close,
1: and like I said, I, I think it's going to be come down to probably that Cup-Andrews individual matchup in itself, but um, yeah, I think it'll be close, but I would lean myself as well.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Zach, too. I think he has the edge in the wide receivers, and again, the Freeman matchup is, is tough. I know Gio doesn't look like a good name, but I mean, he was fine last week, mm-hmm. and It's a pretty decent matchup against Tennessee, so yeah, I I think I like Zach's uh, side a little bit better here.
0: Yep. So we all went with Zach on this one. So let's go to the next matchup, which is Mick Cafe JT's team against Miles Masonry, which is Peter's team, and Yahoo has JT winning fifty-seven or fifty-seven percent at one hundred and twelve point fifty-nine to one hundred and four point. Fifty three And the quarterback matchups are JT's Wentz to Peter Stafford, which I love Stafford. Stafford's always been that tough guy over there. Hasn't really made too much of a name in the media world because he's a nice guy. He loves mm-hmm. his teammates. His, their teammates love him. Even the organization loves him. But they are going up against Indy, which is a pretty good defense over there compared to Wentz going up against Dallas. Yeah, I don't
1: know which way I would want to go here. I mean, again, on paper, you say Wentz going up against Dallas. Dallas's defense has been horrible. But then again, Dalton's probably not starting this week. It's, I don't even remember, uh, Danucci is probably starting this week. So, again, that's probably one where they get up big early and, and then run the ball. But Stafford going up against Indy, I mean, Indy's past defense has been pretty good so far this year. So, I think it'll be close. I, I think probably – I would probably go with Wentz just because, I mean, you have to get up big against Dallas, and probably the best way they're going to do that is him throwing a couple touchdowns. Maybe Boston, uh, Boston Scott gets one in rushing this week, but I, I think Wentz would probably be able to get his by the time that they're running the clock out. Yeah, I,
2: I agree with pretty much everything you said. Stafford has a tough matchup, um, and he actually had – a. Not a great day last week against Atlanta, which is, like, the best matchup you could wish for. I mean, he had the really, really, really late touchdown to Hawkinson. But other than that, he had kind of an average day. Uh, And, again, Wentz is going against Dallas, which they have a terrible, terrible defense. Um, And Wentz has actually been running the ball decently the past couple of weeks, which is always a, a plus to a floor and a ceiling. So, yeah, I like Wentz.
0: All right, now going down to the wide receivers. Peter has Devontae Adams and Robert Woods going up against J.T.s, Mike Evans and Calvin Ridley. Mike Evans going against New York Giants. I don't know with Chris Godwin coming back how
2: Godwin is actually out this week. Oh, he is broke out. his finger.
0: Jeez, he comes back one game and yep, gets so he's right back out. on
2: there. Yep, so that's going to be more targets for Evans.
0: But he's just like Cooper Cup over there. He's really touchdown dependent, but it's still working. I think he has, last time I checked, he had six touchdowns. And still has it. The past two games, he hasn't done nothing because he hasn't caught a touchdown. He has two targets in both games, one reception in one of them, two in the other, and... One of the games he had 10 yards receiving and 37. So that is not what you're looking for. Calvin Ridley's been going off. So if I had to pick, Devontae Adams and Robert Woods is looking pretty good. I'd rather go to their side than Mike <clears throat> Evans. But Ridley could get enough workload to help that out. I would probably go with JT's receivers here because the key
1: is Godwin not playing for Evans. Whenever Godwin's off the field, Evans plays well. And Ridley, even with Julio on the field, I mean, you could argue Ridley puts up better numbers when Julio's on the field, just drawing over other coverage. As good as Devontae is, and he should be incredibly good against Minnesota. Again, it's the same kind of thing we talked about with, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I mean, they're basically the same player, the same kind of production. It really and... comes
2: down to who's going to score the touchdown, right?
1: Exactly. So with that kind of and eh, what's going to happen, and the the fact that Godwin isn't playing this week, I would take Evans and Ridley here.
2: Yeah, same here, and it, it really same thing because uh, all the games that Godwin has played, Evans has not been very involved, and like has had real stinker weeks. But uh, Godwin's not playing, so. Godwin should see plenty of targets. Ridley is always good, has been good all year. Uh, Adams should just destroy Minnesota, but I don't know if that'll be enough to float Bobby Woods if uh, if Woods didn't get into the end zone. All
0: right. So let's go down to the running backs. JT has Mike Davis and James Conner, two Peters, Jems the second, and McKinnon. Over there in San Fran, we're going against the Seattle's defense, which anybody anybody's wide receiver going against Seattle's defense, I take him. But running the ball, is a little bit different. Uh, Jones over there going against New York, if they get up big, he's going to be carrying the ball a lot. Same with Mike Davis over there going up against Atlanta. James Connor running against Baltimore. I'd rather put a wide receiver going against Baltimore than a running back, but that's just my opinion
1: yeah i think the key just with these four guys is going to be mckinnon um because it seems like the past couple of weeks they've not been wanting to trust mckinnon i mean you have j michael hasty coming out of nowhere and taking a bunch of touches so i think it, it's just going to be whether they decide to give him the ball this particular week or not um but as it stands right now i i'd go davis and connor over jones and mckinnon i mean Roger has a great opportunity, like we were talking about with Tampa Bay, should be getting up early against the Giants and being able to run out the clock. But just the fact that McKinnon's almost been a non-factor the last couple of weeks, I think JT has the edge there.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the only thing, too, with Ronald Jones is uh, – I was trying to check this. Um, I feel like Leonard Fournette may be back this week, and they said something about him being, like, involved – so I don't know if that does anything for Ronald Jones as far as, like, touches and what he'll do. Um, and then, yeah, McKinnon hasn't been very involved uh, in their offense. Mike Davis should absolutely murder Atlanta uh, if McCaffrey sits another week. And Connor will have a fine week. I mean, he may not hit projections, but, I mean, he'll he'll still get, you know, 10, 12 points if not. So, yeah, I, I lean that way. I go with uh, with
0: JT's running backs. Yeah, same over here. I'm going with JT's running backs over... Peter's not going down to the tight end. JT has Evan Ingram to Peter's Jared Cook. Hmm. It looks like with the projections it's going to be a close one. But with New York over there going up against Tampa Bay, I feel like that's going to be more of a shootout on the Giants' side than New Orleans and uh, Chicago. So I'm going with Evan Ingram. Hmm. I think
1: I would actually go with Cook here. I'm just looking at... Just how Ingram has been, even in some of these plus matchups against Dallas, nine points. That's not. That's pretty good for a tight end. Yeah, his but.
2: box score has been kind of weird because he's had a couple of like shit games, but somehow he like runs one into like the end zone. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, his, I, his targets and everything have not been great. And I Tampa base legit,
1: right? And I don't love. uh Ingram, in and of himself, just because of the offense he plays in, I mean, their offensive line is horrible. Daniel Jones has not been good at all. And just with playing against Tampa, I don't know that he's going to have enough time to even get Ingram the ball. And then – I mean, Cook's been good since he's gotten back, and especially if Thomas doesn't play again this week and if uh, Sanders doesn't play again this week. I mean, Cook's going to be the top target there for Drew Brees, so I would go Cook.
2: Yeah, I I like Cook for the targets. It's kind of like the Godwin-to-Evans relationship. Like, if Michael Thomas is out, then that should equate to more targets for Cook. I mean, Cook's a good player, too. He just needs the targets. I mean, uh, matchup's not ideal against Chicago, but... That's not too bad. I, I, I like
0: Coke. Man, Timmy just hates me. He loves you. Yeah, always agreeing with you and always <laughs> going with your pick. like mine. <laughs> <right? Just, laughs> screw me. Birds right. of a feather. <clears throat> going down to the flex, you got A.J. Oh, okay. Green for Peter, and you got Henderson Jr. over there for JT. I have to go Henderson over here just because he's gonna probably get a bunch more looks this week when him gets Miami, especially if they get up big. And AJ Green, he does get the targets over there in Cincy, but him catching the balls and thing, mm-hmm. he doesn't get that many catches. And I think Tyler Boyd and Higgins over there are starting to get some more looks over there. And I I feel like AJ Green is going to be. Probably off the Cincy team coming to the end of the season, he is on contract year, so I don't think he's going to stay.
2: But yeah, I doubt they pay him. Mm-hmm. Higgins has looked really, really good. good, and Boyd has looked fine. So yeah, I would be surprised if they kept AJ Green around.
1: But yeah, I, I don't think this is particularly close. I think it's an easy Henderson because even though Green has been getting a little more, a little bit more targets the last few weeks, but they're all like short area. There's not like many big explosive plays and. Like we're saying, like, Higgins and Boyd, and especially Higgins getting the more, like, downfield targets, more explosive plays, touchdowns, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think Henderson's probably going to be the better player here.
2: Yeah, I like Henderson. It's, it's weird because it's, I feel like, always kind of a crapshoot with the Rams running backs. Like, who's going to get the touchdown? Who's going to get featured that week? But Henderson, the past couple weeks, has been pretty consistent. I mean, he got vultured last week. Uh, Malcolm Brown came in and uh, scored a touchdown. To JT's detriment, because I think he would have beat you, Ryan. Right? Yeah,
0: that, I loved that. Um, that was amazing.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I like Henderson. Uh, Green has been a little bit more featured. And, I mean, against Tennessee, I guess you could argue that they may have to, you know, catch up and, you know, throw the ball a lot. They've been pretty much doing it all year. But, yeah, I think Henderson has a, has a better chance to put up numbers here.
0: Uh, he agrees with me once. There
2: you go, Ryan. <laughs> I'll
0: take it. Uh, But kicker and defense is always a toss up. So if I had to pick anybody, I really want to go with the underdog here and pick Peter. But I do not see Peter winning at all. So I'm going with JT's team.
1: Yeah, I, I'd go JT as well. Just Peter being riddled with running back entries has not left him in a good spot. You
0: yeah. could start Le'Veon Bell up there. Yeah. I, I was going to bring that
2: up. I was like, man, if I were Peter, one in one five, one in six, ride ride the Lightning. And just throw Bell in there and uh see what happens. But uh but yeah, no, I'll I'll take uh, JT's team and yeah, it also looks like he's got Drake and Murray. Well Drake's hurt, but Murray's on by. So yeah, he's he's definitely hurting right now.
0: Alright, now going to the next matchup, we got Todd's team down with the Jasick and we suck again, which is stress. Oh man. We have Struss' favor by 64%, and that's 115.4 up against Todd's 99.32. And to start it out, we go with the quarterbacks with Todd's Bridgewater against Struss's Allen, which Allen, um, but Allen would be my go to here. But Bridgewater is going up against Atlanta, which Mm -hmm. is a good matchup for him. And New England isn't. That good on the defensive side outside of Gilmore, but hasn't he been out with the coronavirus? Is he back? I don't know if Gilmore's back. Um,
1: but if he is, I don't think that's a huge deterrent for Allen and himself. I'm just looking at Allen's game log. The past three weeks, even against the Jets last week, I mean, Kansas City is a different animal, but Tennessee as well. 16, 15, 16 points. He hasn't been great. It's almost like he's reverting back to how he was last year. Yeah,
2: he was elite early in the <clears> season and just yeah. has not put up points lately.
1: Yeah, so just given the way he's been going and the fact that Bridgewater is going up against Atlanta and just how bad they are defensively, I would probably go with Teddy close.
2: Yeah, I think I lean Teddy here. I mean, the, the matchup is really what makes the difference. Like, I mean... If it was Danucci against Atlanta, I'd probably pick him. Like Atlanta's just been fucking terrible uh against, you know, any any offense. So I think I like Bridgewater a little bit. If Allen was playing like he was week two, week three, I'd take Allen, but I mean New England still has a above average defense that he has to go against. So yeah, I'd take Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, Bridgewater last time played Atlanta. Went for 313 and two touchdowns and no INTs. I can't see if he did any running stats, but he probably put up a little bit. But mm, I still like Allen. Allen's starting to be one of the faces of the league, but that was the first three or four weeks of the season. Now he's starting to be a little derailed, but I'm going to stick with my pick. But going down to the wide receivers, we have Strasus Galladay and A.J. Brown going up against Todd Robinson and... Was that Devontae Johnson? Deontay Deontay Johnson. Pittsburgh wide receiver, which those two are both questionable at the moment. I know Robinson, I was watching the game while we were playing Little Cod that night, and he went out at the end. Yeah, of, he got
2: lit up pretty good.
0: Yeah, he got lit up and then went, went into the tent, so who knows about that. The last
2: thing I heard was that he was in concussion protocol. I think they actually said he had one, and they were running him through the concussion protocol, so... If that's the case, I'd actually be surprised if he plays this week. But uh, I guess it'll all come down to how quickly he can clear the uh, the protocol.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's any substantial updates on Robinson right now. Just, yeah, he's in the protocol and just considered questionable for this week. So, yeah, that's going to be...
2: Even if Robinson was fully healthy, I think I would still take Galladay and Brown. Um, oh, yeah. Brown is been legit ever since he came back from injury Galladay has a tough matchup Indy is, has been good but uh but I mean still Galladay has been has been good as well
0: oh, but we got to watch out for Todd's bench Michael Thomas should be cleared to play this week okay so he will have to keep an eye on that to determine if he's Let us gonna have to in.
2: keep him separated from his teammates this week <laughs> yeah, so make sure he doesn't punch anyone in the face before the game yeah that was crazy
0: but if Michael Thomas plays, I don't know if that'll make me sway Todd's way, because I do like stress his receivers over there with AJ Brown. Probably should have took that trade a couple weeks ago to get him. Hindsight is twenty twenty with all those trades. But you yeah. know. So let's go down to the running backs. Todd has Ezekiel Elliott and Montgomery which Zeke hasn't had that good of a year, but could get better here. Now they're on their third-string quarterback. They Mm -hmm. might have to lean on him a little bit more. Two stresses, Hunt and Hyde. I love Hunt. Hunt's probably one of the highest top three running backs this year. He's been good. Yeah. Yep, and going against Vegas, I mean,
1: they're not anything special on defense, so Mm -mm. that should be good. I mean, Zeke, it, it... Even with how Philly's been defensively, I mean, they haven't been horrible. They've been pretty good. Against the
2: run, they're pretty good, actually. That's, like, the one thing they have going for them.
1: Yeah, so that's going to be tough for Z to get going, especially with their third-string guy in there. Now, Hyde and Montgomery, that's a different story. I mean, I'm, I'm taking Montgomery there easy, even if Hyde plays. But even if he doesn't, I think... Um, I saw Aaron Jones isn't practicing again today, mm-hmm. so I doubt he plays this week. So Struss would be able to plug Jamal Williams in and that makes it a little bit closer. So I mean if if Aaron Jones doesn't play and Jamal Williams goes in for him, it, it it's probably better the Hunt Williams side than Zeke and Montgomery.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. If if it's Hunt and Williams, I actually think I take that. Uh Zeke, the name value is great, but he has not been good the past couple weeks. Plus he went from being on one of the top two offenses in the NFL to, I mean, one of the worst now with the third string quarterback. So and Montgomery somehow he keeps putting up fantasy points, mm-hmm. but if you watch him play, it's like, man, this guy is running. What's oh, not good? No, I mean, they just
1: keep giving him the ball.
2: Yeah. So, I, I mean, he's been putting up like the his end result is fine, but man, he doesn't look good. Um, so yeah, if if Jones sits and Williams ends up being the guy, um, I think I like uh, I think I like stresses running backs.
0: I like Struss' running backs, too. Now, going down to the tight ends, you got Darren Waller going up against Hunter Henry, which, for Struss, I'd rather go on Waller's side. It's going up against Cleveland. If it's going to be the same as last week with Cleveland, they're going to let up a lot of points, but they're also going to put up a lot of points, so that's going to be a shootout to the end. And Denver's defense isn't that pretty. And Justin Herbert over there, I don't know. Has he been looking his way? Not, not much. More? Yeah, not as much as the receivers. Which is surprising because I
2: think a lot of people assume that as a rookie quarterback trying to get comfortable, he would actually target Henry, who's, I mean, I would say one of the better tight ends in the mm-hmm. league. Yeah. Um, but he's he's been dumping the ball downfield, going to Guyton and all these random-ass dudes. So, um,
0: yeah, it really hasn't been looking, looking at Henry. Yeah. All right, so I think we both – all, all three of us are going for Waller. And then going down to the flex, you got Chris Carson over there. No way he plays. Todd's right? team. So he might have to, who knows, put in Michael Thomas or I – mean,
1: yeah. as of right now, yeah. it's probably – It's got to be Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley,
0: yeah. Right? The sh- for sure play would be Cole Beasley. That must
2: have been why he – because he, uh, Todd dropped Brandon Cooks to scoop Beasley, which at mm-hmm. first I was like, I'm kind of surprised he did that, but – Cooks is on bye, and if Todd has to play someone, can't play a dude on bye.
1: Right, yeah. So even then, I mean, I think that's an easy Boyd. Boyd's been
2: really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I lean Boyd here. It would take a lot for, uh, you know, a, a player to, to be better than Boyd in the flex right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, Boyd's been good.
0: Yep, i give Boyd too. Kickers and defense is always a toss-up. They're both tied right now at three and four. So, just looking at the matchup here, not going off of who I want to win and everything, I got to give Struss's team over Todd.
1: Yeah, I, I go Struss. I mean, Todd's team is another one that's getting bit hard by the injury bug. So, especially this week between the injuries and the buys and all that, he's kind of snake bitten here. And- kind of grasping at, trawl, grasping at straws for this particular week.
2: Yeah, we got. I mean, I think Struss and Todd are probably the most injury-riddled teams this year. <laughs> and I, actually, I was talking to Shankle earlier today, and we were saying, like, out of the draft, I really like Todd's team. His yeah. team, I mean, he had depth. Like, his, his team looked solid. He had the uh, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas stack and everything. But, man, he's just gotten crushed with injury and then stress too. I mean we lost a bunch of good players, but yeah I like I like this team this week. Todd just too many injuries, too many bye weeks.
0: Yep. And we'll go on to the next matchup here. Uh Omdahl's hairline which is CJ going up against Flint Tropics with it, which is Eric's team. And Yahoo has 52% going to CJ with 117.23 to Eric's 115.36. We have Roethlisberger for CJ going up against Aaron Rodgers for Eric. I don't know. I don't like putting up a quarterback going up against Baltimore. But last time I said that it was with Mahomes going up against Baltimore, and he got me almost 30 points. And Rodgers going against Minnesota, which I like Rodgers. These are two good quarterbacks. I could be persuaded.
2: Rodgers should really light Minnesota on fire yeah. this week. Yeah, I I, I definitely pick Rodgers. Yeah,
0: I don't think
1: it's all that close. Yeah, the way Rodgers has been playing and against Minnesota is one of the probably bottom end defenses right now, and the way Roethlisberger has been playing, which hasn't been bad. It's just not. Five thousand yard Ben, like more game manager. Right, yeah. In the way Baltimore's secondary is playing, you have Ngakwe coming in to bolster that pass rush. I think I think it's an easy Mm Rodgers over Roethlisberger.
2: Plus, we didn't talk about this looking at the last matchup, but I think Deontay Johnson is like legitimately questionable again this week.
1: I saw Um, the tag on there.
2: I know it was like some sort of Um, foot thing for him. So again, just talking about Big Ben. If for whatever reason Johnson misses, I mean they, you know, they have Claypool, who's been great, and Juju, but um, that would be one target less for Big Ben.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like he left late in the fourth quarter, and there's been no practice reports to this point. So, I mean, I think anyone's guess is as good as mine is is if he plays or not.
2: Yeah, I definitely take Rodgers. Plus, I just love the fact that uh, Eric's gonna have to root. Re- against Minnesota with Rodgers. <laughs> so, that's great.
0: Yeah, I think I'd go Rodgers, too. Looking up the last time in week one when they went against Minnesota, Rodgers was 364 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions, putting up the highest he's done all year at 30.76 points. So, I think I'd go there, too. Now, going down to the wide receivers, you have CJ's Diggs and Phelan. I was about to say two Minnesota wide receivers, but Diggs is on Buffalo this year. Going against Eric's Hill and Metcalf. It kind of sucks for CJ having Rodgers over there on the other side throwing. No, it's playing against Green Bay. I'm struggling this one. Right. Yeah, you almost got I, there. I almost um, got there. I saw the Green Bay. I'm struggling with this. Yeah,
1: I, I'd take Hill and Metcalf, even though Hill hasn't been getting a lot of targets, but he's scoring touchdowns. And, again, against the Jets, I mean. They some, find a way. Yeah, someone's going to score, yeah. and it's very likely going to be Hill, um, as they're probably going to run up that score. Metcalf, I mean, has been on fire, and San Francisco's secondary has not been great either. And then going like Diggs going back to the way Allen has been playing the last few weeks and even Diggs has been okay. Like I know I think he called a touchdown last week and was serviceable, but he's not I don't as Allen goes, I think Diggs is gonna go, so I don't think there's a huge ceiling there as of right now. Feeling's been good and they're gonna have to throw against Green Bay, so I think he'll be alright. But just the combination of each guys wide receivers, I think Hill and Metcalf are probably gonna be better.
2: This one's really, really close for me because digs had been really, really good, but past couple of weeks mm-hmm. Allen's cooled down. Thielen's been great. I mean, I you know, he's a top, I think, like four wide receiver this year so far, like points wise. So he's been great and, and I mean should be good. Um again he'll will get his touches and probably put up points. But uh Metcalf to me is I think the biggest question mark because he's been great all season, but he did kinda of put up a stinker last week mm-hmm. and you kinda of get shown the like, all right, well if it's Lockett's week, Metcalf may not get, you know, get the points because he hasn't even had that many receptions, like no. mm-hmm. overall. Like he's been doing kinda of like the DJ Moore thing, like five receptions, but it's, you know, house calls and such. So Um, I really think it comes down to Metcalf, but I I think I actually lean Shankle as wide receivers here. I think Thielen's going to have a big week.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Tim over there. I like what he said there. And I'm a fan of Diggs and Phelan over there. I'm a huge fan of Hill, but I'd rather see from my side Metcalf have a terrible week, so Lockett has more looks for me. But going down to the running backs, which I will continue to say that CJ has the top two best running backs you can have in Alvin Kamara and Josh Jacobs to Eric Stalvin Cook and Gaskin, if even Cook plays. Mm -hmm. And it looks like this says
1: that Cook is on track for uh, return this week. So that's looking good for Eric there. But I just think, I mean, even a fully healthy Cook, fully healthy Kamara, I mean, you can Say that's an easy toss-up any given week, the, regardless of what the matchups are. But Gaskin and Jacobs, I think, is where the gap's going to be, and I'd, I'd far and away take Jacobs.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: Um, Gaskin's actually been pretty
2: good. Mm-hmm. Like he has been, like looked good on the field and has been putting up pretty good points. Catches the ball, which you know it's half point PPR, so like he'll get points that way. Um, yeah, if Cook is back. Green Bay is not a tough. Uh, a tough run defense, but yeah, I mean, Kamara has been unbelievable. He's pretty much like every year. There's that one player who is just he's pretty much two players in mm-hmm. one, and that's been Kamara so far this year. Last year it was you know McCaffrey. So um yeah, I, I take Shankles running backs here.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. Same over here. Now going down to the tight ends. Eric is starting Richard Rogers. Which would be the third string? It's pronounced tight Dick end. Rogers. Dick Rogers. Dick Rogers. Going against Noah Fant over there for CJ. I'm still unsure about Rogers over there. Uh, he's only really had one big week with eight targets, six catches for 85 yards, which is not bad for a tight end. But then Noah Fant, his name's good. He's still young, he's fast. He hasn't really been that explosive since week one and two. So I I don't know. I guess I'd be more towards no fan. I would go Dick Rogers because
1: um, I think Locke is going to be out again because he injured his foot or something this past week. So they're going with Rippin again this week. And I just don't think Rippin is that good for fan and – Rodgers going up against Dallas and of course he's he got the 8 targets last week and that's what Ertz was getting on a weekly basis but for whatever reason Ertz did nothing with it and Rodgers has been at least last week he did and against Dallas I I think Rodgers in this particular situation is going to be better than fan.
2: Yeah, I take Rodgers just based off matchup. Shocker. And uh <laughs>
1: Fant. <laughs> uh
2: well see the problem is I keep going after Zach and then he convinces me. Then I take this out. No, no, no. Strong argument. No, um no, I do like Rodgers against Dallas this particular week. He's getting, you know, targets. Um last week had, you know, a, a good week. Fant, like talent wise, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I he's a really, really good tight end. Um, but again, like the quarterback play and I don't think he's 100% healthy. Like, I know there's no, like, questionable tag or anything, but he was banged up a couple of weeks ago, came back, got shook up again last week. So I don't know if he's 100% and Rodgers has a good matchup. But if we've learned one thing, I think it's that Eric is big in on uh, Philly tight ends because he's got Goddard <laughs> and
1: Rodgers, on his yeah.
2: on his bench and he just picked up Rodgers. I'm actually surprised. So he's playing Rodgers over Hawkinson. I guess it's just straight-up matchup play because Hawkinson has uh, the Colts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I would do the same thing just with Rodgers playing Dallas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's got Swift in the flex. And, yeah, I I personally don't love playing a pass catcher and a running back from the same team. So
0: he might be thinking similarly there. Yeah, going into that, going to the flex position, Eric does have Swift and CJ has Juju which I don't like Swift just because he's a good player. He's going to be good in the next few years. But right now, Detroit is one of those running back by committee. Mm -hmm. That's why I was surprised when they picked up Peterson earlier in the year. So they have a lot of weapons. They usually ride the hot hand. Juju, if Johnson's out, then would probably be the leading receiver over there. So I think I'm going to go with Juju because for some reason, when we play in division games, Baltimore, one receiver at the end of the game finds an opening. Like a few years ago, A.J. Green was that person. Every time we played Cincy, he just out of nowhere is wide open in the middle of the field for a touchdown. I feel like Juju might have that opportunity to Mm -hmm. be that person. I'm going to let Tim go
1: first because I may need some convincing on this one.
2: Mm. Juju and Swift. Juju has not been good. If I, I think a lot of that decision has to come down to if Deontay Johnson plays. If he plays, I mean, he every time Johnson plays, he looks like the one on the team. I mean, he gets like double-digit targets. He looks good. Yeah, I don't know. Juju, like the name of Juju wants me to pick him. But at Baltimore, it looks like he's been unseated as the one. Swift has a tough matchup. Uh, I I think because it's in division, like purely because it's Raven Steelers, I actually lean Juju a little bit because he's played Baltimore before and you know how those games are. They're always unpredictable. And if there was ever going to be a game where Juju goes 100 yards and a touchdown, like it would be this game because it's against the Ravens. Um, Swift has looked good, but he's in a committee against Indy who has looked really good on defense. So I think I think lean Smith-Schuster, but, like, by, by a hair.
1: Yeah, him, so. I, I don't like Juju at all. I haven't liked him all year, and I especially don't like him going up against Baltimore. I think it's probably something where he has three or four catches for 40 or 50 yards, and I think Swift can probably get that combined even against Indy because even though he is in a committee with Peterson, I mean, he is probably the definitive pass-catching back. So, I mean, he I'm sure he can probably have three catches and probably 50, 60 total yards, which probably puts them about even. But I think Swift probably has a better shot at falling in the end zone. Yeah, and
2: speaking of uh, Juju, I'm actually surprised that Shankle is playing Big Ben uh, over Joe Burrow because Burrow lit it up last week. Yeah. And Tennessee – isn't super scary and should score. So, yeah, I'm surprised by that. But, I mean,
0: who knows? Yeah, we'll go with kicker and defense is always a toss-up. I would have to pick C.J. winning this. Even though that one Eric to win just to make sure that C.J. gets a record, which makes it a little easier for me and Tim to slide into second place, if so. But I also want Eric to lose just because it's Eric. But I'm going CJ here. You know, the more I look at this
1: matchup, the more I think Eric actually has a shot to win this. Just going up and down, I think everything for the most part is, is pretty close, but for whatever reason, I don't know. I'm just gravitating toward Eric's team. And I don't know, maybe... Being forced to have Beckham off of his roster is addition by subtraction. And I think that's like. how the actual Browns feel too. <laughs> right? Yeah. So maybe I don't know. Something comes together here.
2: So again, this is like I keep going after Zach, and I'm just like reiterating what he's saying. <laughs> I know I I picked I picked like every one of Shankle's players like over Eric's. But the more I look at it, I think he could win. He, the big difference is I do think that. It's going to be tough for Roethlisberger. And I think Rodgers is going to like... Just light it up. It Get every bit of 25, 30 points. Mm-hmm. So if it's a close game where everyone is scoring pretty much their projections and it comes down to like Big Ben versus Rodgers. I mean, Big Ben has shown that he'll score 10 points yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. So like if Rodgers puts up 30 and Ben scores 10, like that's a huge swing. So I actually think that... Eric has a slight edge purely based off of the quarterbacks
0: once again (laughs) fuck what Ryan says (laughs) you need better arguments I know Going into the last matchup of the week, we have Tim's David Johnson's eggplant going against Bush It's White. a penis, Ryan. I, it's a penis. It is, but at the moment it is an eggplant. Also,
1: like, before you change it, how you, like, set out <laughs> D, D equal, equal sign, or... equals
0: sign, <laughs> B. It great. I like Mother was rather confused. She was like, what does that mean in the car? I'm like, don't worry about it. I tried to explain it to her. I said, I'm not going in. I'm not saying it out loud.
2: Could Yes.
0: Going against Bushlight Matters, which is Josh. And it's 53% favored on Josh's side with 122.7 to Tim's 118.58. And looking at the quarterback matchup, I don't see any conversation here needed because Wilson for Josh and – Matt Ryan for you. I mean...
1: Yeah, I definitely take Wilson. mm,
0: Yeah, it's easy Wilson. Yeah, like I said, not not much conversation needed. Let's go down straight to the wide receiver group. Uh, Tim has Keenan Allen and Robbie Anderson going against Amari Cooper and Justin Jefferson.
1: I'll let you all go first. Yeah, with Josh having um Hopkins on bye, he's gonna have to plug Jefferson in here, which could be good, could be eh, not great. Um, but just the way Allen's been playing with Herbert at court at quarterback and then Anderson going up against Atlanta, with Cooper playing with Dinucci this week and again Jefferson could be thirty points, could be three points. Um I think Allen and Anderson probably have the edge here this week uh yeah i think i like Allen
2: anderson a little bit more this week um again Allen has a great matchup i think he went over 100 yards last time they played them mm-hmm. um so he should he should have another good game allen has been great with uh with herbert throwing the ball cooper ugh, i don't know um and then Jefferson, I mean, he kind of has like the Tyler Lockett
0: thing going on. High ceiling.
2: Yeah, where he'll put up 35 points, but he also may put up three. So that honestly is somebody playing against him. Like it's concerning because he actually has that capability to have a huge game like that. But I think I lean my wide receivers a little bit. Mm-hmm. I had to move Anderson up because Godwin is just made of glass again this year. So he's, uh, he's riding the pine this week.
0: Yeah, and I follow you, too, with uh, Tim's wide receivers here. Now, going down to the running backs, you have Henry and Gurley going against Josh's Sanders and Jones, which both of those guys are questionable at the moment. And I don't think Aaron Jones will be playing. So, But just strictly going off of just the name itself, I love Henry and Gurley over Sanders and Jones at the moment.
2: Yeah, if – Jones plays If Jones and Sanders play I think I lean Jones and Sanders but it sounds like Jones is a kind of a long shot to play I actually I think the coaches are just being smart with him I don't like
1: mm-hmm.
0: the
2: thing I saw today was that he is relatively healthy but like long term because they're competitive this year they want to make sure they have him down the stretch so they may actually rest him <laughs> cuz I think do they have their bye coming up is that what it is mm-hmm. I can't remember if if the if no they had a week five by so Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I I think they're going to rest him. I hope they do because that in shoot uh, improves my chances of winning greatly. Um, so yeah, if Jones is out, then I pick Henry and Gurley. Gurley has been oddly good this year. Like he keeps scoring touchdowns. I keep expecting him to not score a touchdown, and mm-hmm. he always ends up scoring them. Um, and Atlanta, he fucking roasted the last time he played them. He put up, like, 121 yards and a touchdown. Um, so he's got a great matchup. Henry, I think, is the number one ranked running back this week going against Cincy. So he should have a big week. But, yeah, for me, it all comes down to uh, to Jones, whether or not he plays.
1: Yeah, I just my guess, I don't think Jones is going to play, which has Josh moving Gordon up into that slot and then probably playing Claypool or maybe Parker in his flex. Um either way. Even Parker's then. Yeah, even then with Gordon Lindsay has a shot of coming back this week after the concussion. So I'm gonna go under the assumption that Jones doesn't play. And yeah, I think Henry and Gurley, just the fact that Jones doesn't play, I think that's a better combo.
0: Yeah. And um, think we're all on the same side here a little bit.
2: Kelsey over Graham.
0: Oh, yeah. Tied end. Oh, yep. It's Kelsey over Graham. Although,
2: I was thinking kind of the same thing we talked about with Pat Mahomes, is that if they just completely boat race the Jets mm-hmm. in the first seven minutes of the game, they may not need... I mean, that's what happened to Kelsey last week. He only got like four points, and right. it was because they were just dominating, and Mahomes and the offense didn't really do anything. So, I hope that doesn't happen this week. I don't know. We'll see. But... um there could be a sneaky way that Jimmy Graham outscores Kelsey this week.
1: Absolutely, I mean it. The the boat race has got to come from somewhere. So like the ideal scenario is like Mahomes throws three touchdowns to like Kelsey and Hill and like all the pass catchers, and then they like, grind out the clock with Clyde and Bell, and then like one of them falls in the end zone and makes a a forty point game. But it could very well be where Clyde just comes out of the gate with like a hundred yards rushing and two, three touchdowns in the first half, and it's just him and Bell the whole game. Yep. I'd like that. Wouldn't that be
0: nice? (laughs) It would be nice. See, Peter,
2: you have to play Bell.
0: (laughs) Ah. All right, so now going down to the flex, we have Higgins, T. Higgins, going up against Melvin Gordon. Ooh.
2: So I guess, again, kind of like we were talking about earlier, if if we go under the assumption that Jones doesn't play – Gordon then moves up to the running back, too, Mm -hmm. and then the flex would likely be Claypool. So I guess we can compare Claypool and Higgins or, I mean, Gordon if we want to. I mean, I
1: think think either way, whether it's Gordon or Claypool, I would take Higgins. Just the way that he's starting to, like, blossom in that offense and Burrow's looking for him and – I mean, he's, Higgins is the big play guy for him right now. It's downfield targets, it's the touchdown targets and all that. So I, I would take Higgins over either Claypool or Gordon, regardless of who it ends up being.
0: Yeah,
2: I think I do as well, Um, again, because Tennessee isn't a great matchup. And I think it could be a, a game where, like, Tennessee is going to score some points. Mm-hmm. They just came off of a loss, like... The Bengals' defense has shown that they can't stop anyone. So, like, again, it's going to have to be a game where Joe Burrow throws the ball 50 times or whatever. So, Higgins should have a good week. I hope he does. Um, I kind of got back to a corner playing him because I have a couple guys banged up um, and on by, but I actually think he could have a pretty good week. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'd still like him over Gordon, um, especially with, like you said, Zach, if uh, Lindsay is back this week, then Gordon's going to be split in time. Yeah. And Claypool, again, like has shown that he can have 76 touchdowns but um i hope he doesn't against baltimore
0: Mm -hmm. i agree with both of you all right easy day easy should let you all go first all the time all right kickers and defense it's a toss-up I am going with the underdog here. I'm going with Tim's team. I want Tim to get that first loss on Josh's belt.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's <coughs> a trend of underdogs for, for this week. I, I think Ryan will probably have a good game against Carolina, and I think the rest of the team, the rest of the matchups probably lean toward Tim. So, yeah, I'm taking Tim to take the undefeated down. Yeah, I I am going to lean
2: my way here, and a lot of it comes down to Aaron Jones. If Jones was in, I'd be much more confident with Josh's team because when Jones is in, he's been a 20-point minimum guy. Mm -hmm. So if Jones is out, I take my team. If Jones is in, I lean Josh. So it really comes down to that for me. Yeah.
0: All right, well, that comes to the end of this episode. Uh, thank you, too, for joining me Absolutely. in this week. Thanks for having me. Thanks, host. Yeah, well, hopefully we get to do another segment before all this is all said and done. We are in week eight. Uh, that all being said, I hope you all enjoyed the show this week and hope you're all's fantasy teams stay healthy and hope you all win. Except for Eric. Yes. Except for Eric. I hope he loses. And hopefully everybody stays healthy. So have a good one. Close it, baby. I'm going
1: to eat her butt tonight.